Damn, son, where'd you find this? You are now tuning into Bros Let's Talk. Welcome into another episode of Bros Let's Talk, the podcast where guys come to be dudes. Pat here with Jimmy, another two-man show this week. Not much. How are we doing today? Doing great. Cannot complain. Second straight two-man show because we didn't do record last week. So, Andy, what's going on, dude? Yeah, uh, contractually, if it didn't cost us so much money, he'd have been fired a long time ago, but until we lapse our three-year commitment we're just stuck with the guy so as they say in show business the show must go on so and it will go on it will we're fine whatever i'm pretty sure our our ratings are higher without him no offense yeah i'll have to look into that i think you might be right though yeah so we'll see uh but yeah we got a lot to talk about so let's jump right in time to shoot the shit This is what is normally, I mean, it still is, but what normally is an awesome weekend in sports as the NBA and NHL playoffs both kick off during the same time frame. And this is a, more exciting for exactly, us. Exactly. Because this is normally a time for the better part of the last 10 years. The Bulls and the Blackhawks were both in the playoffs. We'd have playoff games every other night. Those few years where the Bulls made Decent runs when the Hawks won. It would go for a couple months at a time. And obviously, it's a big letdown this year with the Blackhawks missing the playoffs after making it for nine years straight. And then they were the number one seed in the Western Conference last year. So it was a big surprise. But the Bulls, you knew this was going to be the case. Um, Regardless, though, it's still exciting. Playoff. And any sport is the best time of the year because it's the best teams throughout the season that have made it to that point, and they're all competing against each other for the chance to call themselves champions. But it's just it's a sad reminder that the last playoff game I watched for a Chicago team that I root for was when the Hawks got swept. Or no, it was probably the Bulls game last year against the Celtics after they took the 2-0 lead and then Rondo got hurt. So game yeah. game six of that series is probably the last playoff game I watched. But the Hawks, it was getting swept out of the playoffs by Nashville. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm excited, but it's it's really – it takes a lot away when you don't have a rooting interest. So it, it absolutely does. Um, but there's also – a sense of calmness, just watching games to enjoy the sport that you like to watch, even though one of your teams isn't in it. Um, I watched, let's see, I think I watched all four, not fully, but I watched the the whole game of the, um, who did I watch, the, the 76ers and the Heat. I saw part of the San Antonio Golden State Series, part of the Toronto um 
Washington series, and then I watched the majority of the Pelicans and Blazers, and it was exciting basketball. I know that Philly blew out Miami, but it was a game until right after halftime. It was cool seeing Ben Simmons and their other stars perform. Um, Anthony Davis is incredible for how tall that guy is and how athletic he is and what he's able to do with his handles and his shots and his defensive ability. I know James Harden is probably going to win the MVP this year, but Anthony Davis should be a top three to top five vote-getter. Um, it sucks that the Bulls aren't in it, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed watching the first day of NBA basketball. I have not seen any yet today, Sunday. Um, I've watched parts of the Vegas Knights and LA Kings series. I've watched Boston and Toronto, and I think that's it for hockey. Um but, yeah, um, it sucks not having your teams, especially the Blackhawks, because, like you said, Pat, we were the number one seed in the West last year, and now we're not in it at all. Um, I'm sure it's happened recently, but I can't remember the last time that's happened where a team has been the number one seed and then hasn't made the playoffs at all the following year. Um, and it does suck watching without your teams, but there's a sense of calmness, and, and you're watching to watch the game instead of being invested in it as much as you would be. So it's it's still fun just not quite the same yeah and i know i texted you guys the other day it definitely hurt watching panarin hit a game winner in oh, overtime gosh. and for game one for them he well tied it right and then yeah overtime. and then and then we're not even in it so i mean i'm excited i i feel like the early round series i'm not as interested in but as as it starts to level itself out and go into the further rounds i'll get more invested in it so Agreed. I thought maybe we could do, since we're only a couple games into series, one game in an NBA games, NBA series, two games in in most NHL series, let's do some predictions. All right. Um, who do you like in, let's start with the NHL. Who do you like okay. coming out East-West, and then who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? That's tough. Okay, so, oh, man. Um... I like I oh man I like Vegas coming out. I know that sounds crazy. Um I like them and I like uh uh Winnipeg actually. They're playing really well. It's cool to see Buff after all these years go out there kicking ass, taking names. Um oh, man, and then I could see either Nashville or Boston actually coming out. So okay, I'm gonna go with the Knights. Well, Nashville's in the West. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, I I'm I'm thinking we're gonna see the Knights versus the Bruins. Okay, I'm going the Knights versus the Bruins. I think the Bruins are gonna win. I also like Boston. I think that they were pretty good all season they were really peaking it towards the end of the season they were fighting with tampa for that top spot um yeah. so i like boston out of the east um and i like um out of the west i think it's going to be nashville and winnipeg i also like winnipeg i think they got a i think nashville is going to go back and win this year i just got a good feeling about them they after after last year for them to come out and uh, win the President's Trophy this year and kind of just be the top team. Uh, I think right. it really showed a lot about the experience that they gained last year, and I think they get back and 
Um, I don't know. I think it would be a toss-up series between them and Boston, to be honest, probably seven games. But I just think coming off all that momentum last year, they'll get the boost to go forward this year. But said that being said, I also wouldn't be surprised to see Boston win because they have experience playing in Stanley Cups before. Won one, lost one to the Hawks. No big deal, but um, that should be exciting. Okay, so then uh, NBA, what do we think? Are we seeing the three-peat? What do you think is going to happen this year? I'm thinking I'm thinking we're going to see a Rockets-Raptors finals oh, with the Rockets winning it. Two different At teams. At least that's, that's what I'm hoping for, personally. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel because I going in I was feeling good about Houston because Golden State's had all these injuries and Steph Curry's mm-hmm. probably not going to play for the second round, but then they come out and they whoop ass against San Antonio yesterday in game 1. You see, okay, so Clay Thompson was 11 of 13 shooting and he only dribbled the ball 6 times. Are you serious? Yeah. I did not see that. So he's just catching and shooting, but um, I don't know. I honestly think when it comes down to it, it's going to end up being um, Cleveland and I think Houston. I think Houston's going to beat Golden State this year. I just think uh, they can match them scoring wise, and that's that's one thing that people uh, run into problems with um, against Golden State. So I don't know. I just feel like they've been rolling all year, and Chris and Chris Paul the mix. Just it's I, been I think they now. take that next step. So I think Cleveland and Houston. Um, and I don't know. I think it's a toss-up. Do you? I, I I think Houston would run them out of the building. I don't know. I I would like to think so, but I think that potentially that first finals for Harden and Chris Paul, or no, Harden played in one on the Thunder, but that was a long time ago. But that first finals for Chris Paul, I think that the experience that the Cavs would bring, or at least LeBron, might give them a slight edge, but I would want Houston to win, so I'll pick Houston. Okay. All right, so sticking with sports, we're going to move to uh, the NFL draft. We are about, what, uh, 11, 12, 11 days away. It's uh, Thursday, April. Yeah, so we're 11 days away. Um, I have been following mock draft for the last six weeks, which I know are useless because every year, First of all, every year I say I'm going to start keeping tabs of these mock drafts and then go back and look once the actual draft happens and see who is correct, who is close. I know they're they're really hard to predict because of trades and then teams don't start setting their, their big boards till probably right around now. Um, but just another example how the NFL does such a great job of just capturing your attention year-round the way they have everything set up. Uh, the combine was in what February, and then you have free agency in March. I have the draft in April and May. We have a, um, I think it's a mandatory veterans mini camp this weekend, and OTAs will be starting in in May and June. And they just do a good job of of capturing your attention year round. Um, I'm super excited for the draft. The Bears are selecting eight. Um, Quentin Nelson has been rumored to them for a long time, which I think would be great. Um, the guy out of Virginia, what is he, a linebacker, an edge rusher, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I think his name is. Yeah, from Virginia Tech. Right. For, yeah, Virginia Tech, sorry. And then I've seen also, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James actually trade up and trade down. And I think all the drama leading up to it makes it so exciting because you're really not sure what's going to happen. 
And I will be tuned in again, like always, watching Thursday night and then Friday and Saturday just to see who we get. And I'll get, you know, super excited and and every guy we pick is going to be a star. And then hopefully reality doesn't set in as as quick as it has been as a Bears fan. And and some of these guys come out and kick ass and perform well. And we have a good team to be excited about. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, You mentioned Quentin Nelson, the guy we've talked about, you know, just texting back and forth a lot. And and I, it would be exciting to get him, but a lot of the analysis that I've been listening to a lot lately, people think that drafting him that high n- might not necessarily be a mistake, but you can get value at that position later on in the draft to where there's guys that are going to be available in the third, fourth round that will turn out to be maybe not as, as good as Nelson, but close to as good of pros down the line. And then there's better value at other positions there. One guy that I've been seeing pop up a little bit least recently that I think is interesting is Roquan Smith from um, Georgia. from Georgia, the linebacker. And that's a guy to where when you think back to, at least for our time, and, and pretty much in general, any time that the Bears have had success, it's when their defense leads the way and they have uh, someone at middle linebacker that makes a difference. We had Brian Erlacher growing up for our generation. Before that, there was Mike Singletary on the 85 team. And obviously Dick Butkus is one of the, you know, the most well-known famous linebackers of all time. And uh, this is a guy that people are saying that could potentially turn into a multiple pro bowl type player and captain of your team and leader of your defense. And, um, I know that the defense has been the strong point the last few years, but uh, Danny Trevathan has had injury issues, and if he can stay healthy, obviously he's a solid player in the middle, but that's a guy that I might like if if Nelson might be gone or they decide they want to try and shore up the defense. I know everyone's high on Tremaine Edwards because he's young. He's only like 19, something going into this, so there's a lot of potential there, but he's still a little bit of an unknown from a positional standpoint. Derwin James would be great, but I think he'll be gone as well. And I think we're actually pretty well set up at safety. Um, and then Denzel Ward from uh, Ohio State oh, a great, would be, great if they're going to go corner, that's the guy I would go with. So there's a lot of options. Agreed. Obviously, you're going to think that they have to address receiver at some point. Um, yes. I heard Mel Kuyper on ESPN radio the other day saying that he thinks there could be six to seven receivers taken in the second round. Um, so oh, wow. we'll see what the positional value is there, but obviously when you're picking eighth, the bears finished what five and, uh, 11 last five year. 11. Yeah. So they won three games the year before that. We have eight wins the last two years, obviously from a franchise standpoint, that's not where you want to be. They're bringing in Matt Nagy, um, as the head coach. And I think, um, hopefully they have a good plan in place, but, uh, we're hoping to see things start trending upwards because it's getting a little bit what we've lost. Last place in division four years in a row. First time yes. any team in yes. our division has done that. And you think of how the crap the Lions had been for periods of time. And, and the Vikings. And the Vikings. Yes. And so for that to be the first time that's happened, that's a little bit unacceptable. And hopefully this is the year where they, they're trying to be the Rams from last year with the moves that they're making and the things that they're doing. Correct. They're trying to make that leap. And I hope that, uh, the decisions that they make in the draft help them get to that point. But we shall see because the draft hasn't really been 
I don't know, Pace's strong suit, I guess. First round picks. First round picks, yeah. Right. The, the second through seventh round, right. he's, been, he's been money. Okay, so so question for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in his shoes. You have your choice of Quentin Nelson, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, or Denzel Ward. Who are you, or, or um, uh, Smith from Georgia? Who would you take? Um. Okay. So first, right off the bat, I wouldn't even be thinking of Minka Fitzpatrick at that point, just because he okay. positionally he doesn't have one. He's is he a safety? Okay. Is he a corner? He's a hybrid, right? He's a hybrid. I don't really want that to be honest. I want someone who's. Um. We just gave Fuller a lot of money at corner, but I don't think it would hurt to bring someone else in. Honestly. Out of those group of people, it's so hard to pass up on Nelson because he has such a high Agreed. prospect, and and you put someone like that in, you don't have to worry. But I think that um, corner, honestly, of those people, I would go corner, Denzel Ward, and then Nelson. Those okay. would be my picks. Um, only because I feel like it pays so much to have good corners in this league, and that's a guy who... You saw it Especially last year, Marshawn Lattimore come in from Ohio State to the Saints and was an instant, just you know, ass. just kicked ass. And that makes a huge difference. And there's so many big, fast, strong receivers in the league nowadays. And then, like you right. said, in our division, you know, we've got uh, playmakers on the on the Vikings. They got Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. And now on the Packers, you got Devontae Adams and... You got rid of Nelson, but they just brought in Jimmy Graham. There's guys out there that need Randall to be covered. Cobb, Randall man, Cobb. Yeah. Um, the Lions, they got Golden Tate and uh, uh, Marvin Jones. So they got good players yes, yes, yes. Um, that need to be guarded. And Kyle Rudolph on the Vikings. Yeah, we have some. We Yeah, see, it's, it's tough because I think I would flip those. I would go with Quentin Nelson and then um, Ward. I, w- I would honestly be happy with, with either. I would actually am one. I think I think I'm with you on this. I would consider Derwin James over Minka Fitzpatrick because Derwin James has an actual set position where Fitzpatrick is kind of a hybrid. So if if they take any of those four, I will be happy. I think I'm Derwin just, James is without a question better than. I mean, not only just the positional thing, but his measurables were, and those aren't the most important things. But he he shows it on tape. And his 40 was like 4-4. He had like a 40-inch vertical. I mean, he's just a freak athlete. So you and I, and, and I think Andy probably too, talked about him months and months and months ago, right right around when the season started, we knew the Bears were going to suck. And then he kind of fell off because Florida State fell off. I think he just had a down year given the, the situation his team was in. But I would be more than happy to have him on the Bears. I know uh, Eddie Jackson played great last year and uh, – uh, Adrian Amos was better, but I would still take Derwin James than having Adrian Amos as as. Uh, See, but yeah, it's interesting personally. because Adrian Amos rated out as the second best safety in the NFL according to Pro Football's Focus's advanced numbers. I know. So I think they're pretty set at safety. I, it would never hurt to bring in a playmaker like that, obviously. But I just right. think from a positional need standpoint, corner – is more glaring than the other positions. And I and like again, like I feel like you could bring in a veteran guard like you did with Sitton, you know, and they can fill that right. void. Or you can draft someone in the third or fourth round that uh look at Whitehair a couple of years ago. We got him in the second round. Right. So oh, you you're right. You can get, There's just something so enticing about Oh yeah. And obviously, Nelson, you know, Whitehair and then Kyle his, Long his college 
line coach is, is the Bears line coach now. So it's who has been regarding one of the best, if not the best line coach. Right. So there's a lot of things that make sense there. And, and at the end of the day, if they go, if, if we're talking about this after draft day and the Bears drafted Quentin Nelson, I'm not going to be mad. You know what I mean? It's going to be right. like, right. I'll be excited about it. But I just think those other guys add more value for us in, in the now. Because I think as good as our defense is, if we could bring in a shutdown corner then that puts us over the top, all of a sudden we're a top three, top five defense again, like the good old days. And also, in this is just – I don't have any data offhand. There may be some out there, but this is just me thinking out loud. I can't remember the last three drafts where everyone was so key – like Keenan on, on somebody, and then Pace goes somewhere. You're like, what? What? Right. Where did that come from? Like he has the secrecy he likes to operate under. So, See, um, it honestly, wouldn't surprise me if he picks, um, what's his name, Josh Jackson. Yeah, from Iowa. From from Iowa, which, if those other guys we talked about are there, and he picks him over those guys, I'm gonna be a little like, huh? But that that wouldn't surprise me to see a pick like that and him just be like, oh, his athleticism, his this, his that, his blah, blah, blah. Right. That seems to be how Pace operates. Well, plus we have to remember that the Bears have the bonus first-round pick this year with Kevin White uh, coming off his injury. So it's like an extra first-round pick. I'm pretty sure we said that last year, too. So let's see how that pans out. Every year he's the extra pick. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, um, obviously them not matching Cam Meredith's – tender from the Saints shows that they think that Kevin White is going to offer them more than whatever Meredith, which which is he should be able to when he's healthy. He was a first-round pick. He should be better than right. what Cam Meredith. So hopefully he can get past whatever this is that keeps happening to him and be a productive member of the team next year. That would be huge. Damn. In all seriousness, that would yeah. be huge. You know, we I, I'm sick of joking about it. I want him to be on the field producing. Right. Ag- agreed. Okay, so we're going to move into our last topic before segments, and it is the ridiculousness that is the early Major League Baseball scheduling. As every year, they continue to have games snowed out due to um, due to snow and postponed. And so the Sox had a four-game series in Minnesota this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. They played Thursday, and then... So, uh, Friday through Sunday, all games were postponed because they got a massive snowstorm up there. There's video of game yesterday where Mike Moustakis hits a home run for the Royals in a, in snow. Um, the Cubs played against the Braves yesterday in really bad conditions, cold, wet, rainy. Um, a slugfest, though, 14 to 10, a, just a, a, a crazy game. But Again, we're seeing it. There's terrible weather in April in these northern northern states, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. Although the Brave or the Brewers have a dome, so at least they're right. able to play games. But even in Chicago now, you know, we had uh, the Cubs home opener. They postponed it because it snowed. The Sox actually played that same day. They got the field cleared off, but it's just been crazy, and it continues to happen every year and then these teams have to use off days later on in the year when when realistically is when you need them more right, um, so then they're more, they're more tired at the end of the year because they've been playing on days where they're supposed to have off because they're making up games from you know April 2nd where it still snows in Ohio pretty much every year it still snows right. in Minnesota pretty much every year so 
I don't know. Is it's something to where I guess they're just accepting that it's okay? What What do you think? I feel like they should have domes in those cities where it happens all the time, or not? Or it's because you can't have a team go on like a really long road stand just because of correct. where they're located. But it's it's ridiculous. So what? My thoughts about that is, it is ridiculous, and I know it sucks, but you should figure out the schedule then to where, let's say, like what what happened um, a couple, no, was it last weekend with the Cubs, where they played, um, they played Cincinnati, and then they had an off day, so they got home that night, had an off day, and then they played the Brewers in a night game, so they left from Chicago via bus and got up there in, you know, two hours, whatever. So they got home on, like, let's say Sunday night, had all day Monday off, and left Tuesday morning to bus to uh, Milwaukee. So I think, unfortunately, you do have to start the first two, maybe even three weeks, where it's either warmer weather or indoor teams, like you said, and then build in off days and set the times up to where the Cubs, Sox, whomever, can come home at night, have the the whole next day off, and then maybe leave the following day via bus or airplane to go somewhere else and then play a night game because... But, I mean, so the, the Sox are supposed, got three games snowed out. I saw that their next common off day is sometime in June, but after that, the Sox play 20 consecutive games without an off day, so they can't... They can't make up that day beforehand because in the union contract it says they, they can't play more than 20 consecutive days or a day off. So they're going to have to have a, a, a doubleheader sometime. And it just, it's, it's, it's a mess. And like you said, it happens every year, and there has to be a way to fix this. Something has to be done where, where this can be fixed. Well, and then you look at it from that standpoint. Obviously, the Sox aren't going to be competing this year. But a team like the Twins, off to a pretty good start again this year. They made the playoffs last yes. year. These games are going to be important for them. And them to have right. to take scheduled off days later in the year off now to play these makeup games it's unfair to them, but on the other Agreed. other end of the spectrum, they did have a dome stadium for the longest time, and then decided to build an outdoor stadium. And they, and they got rid of it knowingly, or knowing that this happens every year. So you can't feel too too bad for them. Plus, screw the Twins. But um, I don't know. It's just a really weird situation because you can't. There's nothing you can do about it from the weather standpoint because the weather is the weather. But you can control the things as far as like trying to implement something to where well even though that would be tough too to implement like having a dome because then you have to get new stadiums or you have to re- renovate stadiums and that costs a lot of money i don't know so it's what, weird what else i think they could do scheduling wise is um cubs go to cincinnati let's see they were there in march no they're there in april and then May, and then we're done in Cincinnati, and the and then we don't see the Reds until June or July, and that just doesn't seem that just seems strange to me because one of first of all they're a division opponent, and the the weather has a chance to be crappy anytime in those two months, so they need to, to set up a schedule where if if you're playing teams in the beginning of the season, it should be teams you play often. And you should spread out when you go to their stadium and they come to yours. That way, if there is a rainout or a snow out in this situation, there are times later in the season for those games to be made up. You know, like we, I think we only play Miami twice a year, and or maybe three times a year, and and we get like we're done with them by May. So 
if those games get rained out, now we have two games or something to make up, how do you do that with, you know, 130 games of baseball left? Like, where do you fit those in at? So I think there's a lot of, a lot of different criteria that needs to be fixed and planned better in order to accommodate these rainouts and snowouts and crazy weather we're having. I know it. And, and this leads to the question that people bring up all the time. Should they shorten the baseball season? Because part of them, should they? Yes. Part of them starting when they do is so that they can end when they do, which is now early November when it is again, cold and rainy sometimes. And, (laughs) Yes. So you figure if you cut out maybe like 40 to 50 games, you play 120, 115 game schedule, something like that. All of a sudden you can play from, I don't know, let's say May through October. You could probably get all that in. You cut those two months out of the season or month and a half. Even even if they started – I think if that's going to happen, they're not going to cut off that many games. I could see us going from like 162 to maybe 148. Like I, I don't see them cutting that many games off strictly because of money, because the owners want their money. And if they cut off that many games, they're going to jack up the ticket prices to, to make to make up for that lost revenue. But even if they started in in mid-April. Like, let's say opening week was supposed to be this week, and I know the weather's going to be shitty, but you just shaved off three weeks of time, and then maybe you can schedule in more off days. So if that happens, games can be made up then. But you're right. They've taken 162 games, and instead of condensing the schedule, they have expanded it. So you're starting in shitty weather and ending in shitty weather. So something something has to change. We'll see. Baseball is a slow adapting game. They are slow to catch yes, up to the time. Sure so we'll see if whatever happens with that. Yeah, get your popcorn ready. Alrighty, jumping into our first segment, get your popcorn ready. We talk about movies that are out or coming out that we want to see. So, Jimmy, why don't you go first? Okay, so... Uh, released Thursday, we've been he- I've been hearing about it for, and I'm sure you have too, for I think well over a year, following The Rock on Twitter and Instagram and other various social media sites. Um, but Rampage and him and Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Joe Manganiello and Naomi Harris um, are attempting to break the video game movie curse. The Rock often makes fun of uh, the, the Doom piece of garbage movie that that was that he was in um this movie's been hyped uh i love the rampage video game i love the rock obviously in movies and it's not getting great scores from the critics the fans are loving it it looks like a fun summer blockbuster action movie um i am going to see it obviously i am going to temper my expectations i hope it's somewhere in between Baywatch and Jumanji, hopefully closer to the Jumanji side. Um, it looks like a basically a, a Transformers movie where you replace the, the Transformers with large transformed animals. So I'm tempering my expectations. I'm going to see it. I'm still excited. I just am starting to get a little weary of 
of what exactly this movie is going to be. So if I go in there and just suspend my belief for two hours, hopefully I'll be happy. See, and I think part of that plays into that we've mentioned before on the show that there is this, and you don't want to say that The Rock is typecast because he's an action hero. Like he is this generation's like action hero actor. Um, but we're, we're running into this theme now with The Rock where it is, okay, throw The Rock in disastrous situations on a helicopter and let's see how it goes out. You had San Andreas, you had... Um, Which is actually really good. San Andreas is pretty good. And then you had, what was the other one he just did recently with the helicopter? Um, and then Rampage. Jumanji? No, it was before Jumanji. I don't know. I'm going to pull up his list. But you had it... Um, Maybe it, and he has he has skyscraper skyscraper coming. That out that's what it is. June. Okay, so it's okay. okay skyscraper, San Andreas, and Rampage. So I just feel like that might be running a little bit stale. That um I don't know that particular genre of like disaster and the rock comes in to save the day. It's just and see that's what. That's what part of ma- what made Jumanji so likable, at least for me, was that he was playing a character he doesn't normally play. He was, like, nervous, and that's why I like yes. Central Intelligence, and, too, and because like, it was the same way. Yes, exa- exactly. So it was it was a chance to see his 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 acting uh, chops and his his variety of acting he, he can utilize instead of just, like, here's a super cool badass dude who just blows everything up and saves it like in san andreas which again was actually good he saves the world from an earthquake like how does he, <laughs> is that even possible right so i, I mean i'll see it too I, I don't know if i'll go see it in theaters but i love the source material rampage was always a fun game so if, if anything i'll do it for that plus the rock okay so mine is a movie that i feel like has kind of gone a little bit under the radar and it's called Holmes and Watson. And I hadn't even heard of this until you talked about it the other I day. I know. And it's a um it's what's a going to be a comedic take on the uh, Sherlock Holmes story um uh, by I forget what the author's name is. Um but whatever, regardless, Arthur Conan Doyle is the author. Yes, but um and it's going to star Will Ferrell as Sherlock Holmes and John C. Riley as Watson. And uh, Ray Fiennes will be playing Moriarty. Um, and then in addition to who else is in it? Maya Rudolph. Or no, never mind. That's not her. Looks like her. Um, regardless, um, these two are hilarious together. Uh, Step Brothers is, is one of the stupidest, but like laugh out loud, belly laugh movies that you've ever I've ever seen in my life. Um, Amazing. Talladega Nights. These two are hilarious together. So I just think that the chemistry that these two possess uh, is going to make it great. And then uh, I just also feel like the the characters will make for some interesting comedy, um, just given the fact that, you know, the whole story behind Sherlock Holmes and Watson is based off crime. So they'll be investigating crimes, and I'm sure there'll be some kind of morbid, dark humor in there as well. But um, it's which, which we've never really seen about. Through, yeah, through exactly. Watson. So, so it'll be a different. Take. Um, it's being it's directed by Ethan Cohen, not to be confused for Ethan Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. Um, but this guy is better known. He wrote and directed Men in Black Three, Madagascar, Get Hard, 
um, and Idiocracy. So a bit of a toss-up. Idiocracy is actually kind of funny. Um, but I've never seen Get Hard, but obviously Will Ferrell was in that movie as well. But I just think that uh, it's a... I think it's got potential to be really funny given the chemistry between Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, and just the mm-hmm. fact that you've never really seen a, com- tr- a true comedic spin on Sherlock Holmes. Like, yeah, in, in the new Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law, there's some comedy interjected in there, but it's not a comedy as a movie. It's more of, you know, it's a drama, dramedy, whatever you want to call it. So, um, right. I feel, I think it comes out in like November or something. Um, so not too much longer till it comes out. Yeah, November 9th. So keep an eye out for okay. Holmes and Watson. All right. Our uh, next topic is what are you doing where uh, Pat and I are going to shed light on an individual or individuals who have made some questionable decisions or are in the spotlight for not the right reasons. Um, Pat, get us started. All right, so I went with the obvious candidate pretty much for anyone out there who has any access to the internet or to the news or um, social media, but Tristan Thompson, forward for the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, is well documented that he has been with Chloe. Weren't they engaged or at some point they were going? Okay, he's been together with uh, Chloe Kardashian for at least a year if not more probably like more closer to two years now but it's been well chronicled supposedly his teammates all told him to stay away from her everyone knows the deal with the kardashians Uh, they all end up on their tv show and seemingly ruins everyone's life who ends up with them Uh, but tristan thompson decided no he wanted to fight all that he loved chloe kardashian he was gonna put up with all the bullshit and and they were going to work through it. And then uh, she got pregnant. And she moved to Cleveland so she could be with him more. And she was nine months pregnant. And all these videos this past week started surfacing of him being out in the club in New York with multiple women, making out with women, motorboating chicks. Uh, just really being an idiot when you're A, an NBA basketball player who was People know who you are. Let's not, you're not LeBron James, but people know who you are. Um, and we also live in a day and age where everyone has cameras in their pockets at all times on their cell phone. So, um, and then two days after all these videos came out, Chloe gave birth to their child. So for him to be out acting like a dumbass, just not caring, obviously, people taking pictures and videos everywhere days before she's about to give birth to your child is just a really bad look as a human, not even just as a professional, as a human being. That is just a real shitty look. Um, And pretty much you're just a piece of shit. So Tristan Thompson. What are you doing? And honestly, I hate the Kardashians. So for me to kind of come to defense, Chloe seems like maybe the most normal of them. But for me to come to the defense of a Kardashian takes a real fuck up on someone else's part. So. Well, and like you said, Pat, it's not even about a, a professional athlete or her being a, a social or a uh, reality star. It's him just being a shitty human being. Like that's just that's just that's fucked up. That's fucked up on so many levels, and and you don't wish that upon anyone. And what a what an idiot. Right. Um, speaking of idiots, I am going to uh, talk about 
I don't want to say fellow reality star, but another reality star. And Farrah Abraham, um, she was on Teen Mom. She had a, a, a pretty tragic uh, incident with her baby daddy. Um, but she, too, just doesn't seem like a great human being. And I don't know her full backstory or you know her day-to-day, but just not a, a real likable character. And she sucks, the day, dude. She sucks. Yeah, she does suck. So I'm scrolling through TMZ the other day, and I see her, a video of her, and she's getting, like, butt fillers put in, and her 9-year-old daughter is sitting right behind her watching this happen. So I don't know if she was Snapchatting it or or uh, doing it at her feed on IG, but, like, her daughter is there watching her get these butt fillers and butt injections at 9 years old, which just seems so asinine to me, no pun intended. Like, why, why does she need to be there? And not only was she watching, I think she was videotaping also. Like, are you that vain and that attention starved that you have to you have to build some kind of publicity, even though it's going to be negative? That you have to have you're not like you're you're using your child as a pawn, and I think that's disgusting and wrong. Well, dude, so, she's done like porns and stuff too. I mean, she is just the worst example ever for right. her daughter. Well, which like right and, and not only did she do that but she did it in a way that it was supposed to come out like oh it was an accident it was an accidental sex tape release well, no you did it with a porn star there's no accidental staged sex tape release like if you want to do that just admit that you made excess that you made a sex tape and you want to sell it for profit don't come up with this lie that people know is a lie and you look even dumber what are you doing yeah I hate her so she can rot in hell for all I for all I care. Hey, Fozzie, I want you to turn left if you come to a fork in the road. Yes, sir. Turn left at the fork in the road. All right. So this is one of our favorite segments, fork in the road. It's it's more fun when there's three of us here, when the whole crew is here, because then the we might have differing on, yeah. opinions and answers, but whatever, Andy. So, But anyway... You know, we were so go ahead. We were supposed to keep this under wraps, and even though this is going to risk HIPAA violations, I, I think we we can come out and say that um, Andy is having penis enlargement surgery. It's been an issue for him for a number of years, and he didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. But we just want to let you guys know he's recovering, he's doing well, he's feeling better, should be able to be fully erect the next couple weeks. Finally. They say he Maybe might get to we'll four to inches. Happy. Four inches, I think, yeah. is the end which, result. Which for him is great. That's like that's like triple the size, which, you know, he didn't want to go too crazy. So hopefully he'll be back soon. He'll be feeling better. His balls will drop again. Um, but we're we're thinking about you, buddy. Good luck. Keep the ice pack. Keep popping those ibuprofens. Hope we'll talk to you soon. Love you, buddy. Good luck. But anyway, so even though Andy's not here, we'll still do Fork in the Road anyway. We could, um, so basically, it's it's basically Would You Rather. We present two scenarios, and then we have to figure out which one we want. So um, why don't you go first, Jim? Okay, so you are in a hypothetical relationship. Everything is fine. Are you, or would you rather be dumped or do the dumping? I guess I'd rather do the dumping um, just because I feel like the person who does the dumping is the person who, at least at the time, is more emotionally 
ready to and has accepted the fate of the relationship so for them it's more of a you know kind of cutting it clean and they can move on and do their own thing to where when you're the person that gets dumped you're usually more emotionally invested into the relationship and you're not necessarily ready for the relationship to end uh, so you're going to be the one who's dealing with all the sad emotions and uh, have a little bit more trouble getting over it. So I definitely would rather dump than be dumped, 100%. Agreed. All right, so mine's kind of weird, but I don't know. I just don't even know where this came from. Just a weird spot in my brain, I guess. But Those are some of the best questions. Um, okay, would you rather be able to eat whatever you want and never gain any weight, but you are constipated and constantly feel like you have to take a dump, or... You have to maintain a strict diet just to not gain any weight, but you constantly have the squirts. I think I'm going to go with the first one because A, I'm eating whatever I want to and I have to feel like I have to go to the bathroom but can't as opposed to. So not only am I having a strict diet, but I have the squirts anyways. That just that that sucks. So I have to eat clean and no fat and no junk food, but I still have to crap anyway. That that just that sounds miserable. So I, I think I'd rather just go with the feeling of being constipated and having to crap but can't and then just devouring whatever food I want to. See, I feel like I would kind of lean the same way, but I kept thinking of it as like, I guess you're right. Because either way, you're on the toilet constantly because – that's the thing. It's like even if you know you're constipated and you kind of feel like you have to dump, you're going to go just in case you aren't so you don't shit your pants. Um, True, but I right. guess in the in the long run, if you're going to be doing that no matter what, it makes a lot more sense to be able to just eat whatever you want and have to do that than to just have to constantly eat clean and then you're, you're shitting out smoothies. Right. Agreed. All right. Andy, what are your thoughts on this one? All right. Cool, dude. Cool story, bro. All right. And that'll bring us into our final segment, Hall of Fame. Um, we pick a topic, and we each pick our top five of said topic. So these are getting kind of tough to think of because we've done so many now. And, okay, are we still on for the 28th, I think it was, for our challenge? Yes, the 28th. Okay. And a new twist, Liz is going to be out of town, so we can make a real fun day out of it. Oh. Not that we couldn't before, but you know, just be just guys being dudes. Yep. Um, okay. So, topic this week we decided on was cartoon characters, Hall of Fame of cartoon characters. So, uh, you can go first. Okay. So, I've I give us a lot of thought um, today. I loved watching cartoons while we were younger. Um, we are of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, Garfield, Ghostbusters, Tom and Jerry type. Like, that's that's where we came from. Um, am I, uh, let's see. My first one I'm going to go with is Captain Planet. Okay. Remember Captain Planet? Oh, yeah. I remember watching him as a kid with you, and I don't – I just – I – I have always loved that show, and I've always wanted to go for him as Halloween, and and I never have. And when you asked, when I saw this topic, he was the, literally the first cartoon that popped in my head. So I'm gonna go with Captain Planet. 
Um, you can keep going. Yeah, do yeah, do the whole list. Okay. okay, gotcha. All right, next. Um, do I go with the turtles as a whole or as individuals? Um, that's a good question. I kind of classified them as a whole. Okay, yeah, that's what I did too. Okay, so my number two is going to be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Again, as I said, that's what we watched growing up. There have been many variations since then of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but I'm going to stick with the original Turtle Power Kalabunga Ninja Turtles. Um, we still have the toys from when we were little. Um, it's like it's it's made a comeback, and they they have all new different shows, but. I am going to stick with the original. We love that one. Also, used to watch them on Saturday mornings. We had all the uh, DVDs of the older cartoons. Alex got really into them a couple years ago. So, Ninja Turtles, number two. Number three, I'm going to go with Inspector Gadget. It's a good one. They have a... Um, it's not... It's it's like an animated... Like a newer animated one on Netflix. Um, it's fine. It's whatever. It's just not the same. But Inspector Gadget, for me, number three... Number four, I'm going to go with Tom and Jerry. I always wanted that that cat to catch the mouse, and, and he rarely ever did. Um, and, and when you go back and watch it now, you realize just how violent and kind of demented that show was. Right. I mean, he was obsessed with killing that mouse, and, and Jerry did everything in his power to cause as much harm and pain on Tom, which I guess I could understand because if someone was trying to kill me, I'd do the same. But none, nonetheless, great show, Tom and Jerry. And number five... I would be shocked if if anyone even remembers this show. But I was a huge fan of James Bond Jr. And if you've never heard of that cartoon show, look it up. I think I liked it as a little kid because he had the same name as me. Um, I still actually remember the theme song, which maybe I'll sing for you one day. But James Bond Jr. is, is um, he was actually James Bond's nephew, I think. So he was named after him, but it wasn't his dad. And he was a teenager who would go on these various trips and events and have things happen to him. And like a like his uncle and a spy, he'd have to figure his way out. So James Bond Jr., number five. Very nice. All right, I'll start. My n- number five is uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Um, oh, great character. He's someone who I appreciated more as I got older when I realized he was just high as fuck all the time and all the time. Uh, my favorite quality about Shaggy is his ability to eat foot-long sandwiches in one bite. Um, it's just an underrated quality, and he would always kind of stumble into finding the bad guy because he was just super baked and scared and uh, had a yep. dog with him who was able to sniff out the crime. So just taking credit for the dog's work, but, um, you know, seems like a fun guy to hang out with. So Shaggy, number five. My number four, uh, I went with Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Um, yeah, it just struck a chord with my childhood. Winnie the Pooh was my favorite cartoon growing up, and Tigger was always uh, the funny, like goofy, feel-good ter- character and always encourage adventure and stuff. So uh, I always loved Tigger growing up, so that one, I was like, got to go with it. We're talking cartoons. Uh, number three, uh, Eric Cartman. From South Park. I feel like oh, yeah. I just couldn't put a list of cartoon characters together and not put Cartman on there. He's just ridiculous no, all the way yeah, through, through and through. Um, number two, I had the TMNT, the original. Um, just It was just original cartoon animation. The storylines were good. The characters were good. 
Everything about it was awesome. It's still the best version that they've done to date. Like you said, they've done some pretty good ones since in the newer age, but the original still always will be the best for me. Um, and then for number one, I went with Homer Simpson. Um, not really the okay. biggest Simpsons fan myself. Um, I've watched a ton of episodes, but it's not something where I've seen every single one of them. But I just feel like uh, in a show that has spanned like 30 years now or whatever, Homer Simpson has been the inspiration to so many other characters that have followed, whether it be Peter Griffin um, or, you know, uh, Stan Smith and American Dad. All these like kind of silly, goofy, dumb dad characters spawned off the idea of Homer Simpson. Um, and he's just one of those characters where even if you're not a big fan of the show, you know who Homer is, you know the dope. And um, right. I just feel like he's been like an influential cartoon character. So um, I feel like there was some good honorable mention stuff here too. I thought about the like the Flintstones. And one that I thought of was, um, I didn't put it on here because it was just from a special, but do you remember Batmonk? Um, the oh, yeah. Elvin and the Chipmunks Batman episode. Yes. I actually own that, a, a, a digital copy. Oh, that. dude, that is probably my favorite cartoon special of all time. We used to watch that all the time, um, and I always thought it was so cool. So Batmunk was something else that I thought of. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, I feel like it was a good category. And it's funny, this, was, this is something where you'd really be able to tell the era in which someone grew up in by the answers that they give. Because, you know, I feel like if Mike were to answer this, he would have, like, Spongebob. And um, I thought about maybe Patrick Starr because Patrick Starr was uh, hilarious. But um, I almost put Bugs Bunny on here, too, and Tasmanian Devil. Yeah, I had Taz on there. So, um, yeah, that was a good one. Like I said, though, I feel like we got we to, gotta, like, start brainstorming for more ideas because I feel like we've done so many of these lists now that I'm running out of ideas. Yeah. Um, all right, but that's all we've got for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully, we'll have the three-man crew back next week. And then the following week, we are doing our challenge. Um, so we're going to try and do an episode to, all together as well, maybe live on Facebook or something. We'll figure it out. But um, help us out, guys. Follow us on Twitter, Bros Let's Talk. Search us on Facebook and like and share the page. That's where we post all our episodes as well. Um, if you don't already, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts um, and leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, or you can visit our podcast page directly at brosletstalk.podbean.com. For Jimmy, this is Pat. Later, dude. See you, bro. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. I just like the same thing.